Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Property Show podcast. My name is Monty, and I'm the host of the show that investigates and discusses the latest news and views in the UK property market and general financial world. I'm delighted to have back with me the two property legends from last week, who we did so well last week, we didn't even get off the first question within 25 minutes. So we're going to try and do better. Um, Kate Faulkner, founder of Designs on Property, Property Checklists, one of the UK's leading property experts. Welcome back. Thank you very much. And Russell Quirk, founder and CEO of eMove. I'm going to repeat it, the UK's number one hybrid estate agent. Welcome back. Good to be back. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so, Kate, I want to I want to look at the rest of the country yep. and in terms of property prices. I know you get you get sometimes frustrated that the <laughs> the world seems to be uh, and the news certainly seems to be about London house prices. Yeah, absolutely, um, and not being affordable. What's what's the picture like elsewhere? Is it? Do you it, think it's a good time to buy elsewhere? Can people afford to buy? So affordability, basically, from the Midlands upwards, isn't that bad at all. And basically, although in sort of London, South East um, and East Anglia, you've seen maybe 30 to 60, 70 percent rises over the last 10 years since the crash, you'll be struggling in some areas um, to actually see prices have to have already recovered, for example. So places like Bradford mm. are still lower than they were um, 10 years ago. Um, and uh, what we're really seeing now is a little bit. So you remember we used to have the ripple effect. So basically London start going down yeah. and everywhere else would start going down and then London start going back up again. That would happen. So we, the interesting thing now since the credit crunch is we haven't seen that happen. So we have got, for example, at the moment, um, the regions, so you've got areas like London, Reading, South East, not doing so well at the moment. So slight falls, but mm. that's after massive rises, just yeah. to point that out. Um, and then you've got the Midlands, Yorkshire, Southwest, three to four percent rises and five percent in the northwest. Um, and then you've got places, the, the top performing towns, you've got or cities, Manchester, Leicester, Edinburgh and Sheffield. Right. Okay. And that, that, that's not a ripple effect. That's yeah. just certain places. And it's all because house prices now are very, very reliant on how well that local economy is doing. Yeah. So weird spot. The, one of the most interesting places is um, Aberdeen. Didn't suffer during the credit crunch at all by the, either its prices or rents. But of course, it's a little place on its own, very reliant mm. on oil. Oil not doing well for yeah. a long period yeah. of time. As a result, everywhere else is doing fine. But f first time ever we've seen prices fall in uh, both for rents and uh, uh, for house prices in, in Aberdeen. So it's all about that local economy. And then as far as coming to buy or not, we've not had a very good year in terms of encouraging people to buy. So it's mm. not just Brexit. That's kind of, that's been kicking around for a little while. It's job losses. Jaguar just been announced that they're not going to be um, uh, working for a couple of weeks. It's high streets not doing very well. Yeah. Um, obviously, it doesn't help when the news comes out that uh, house prices are going to fall by 35%, according well, to Mark I Carney. Don't buy that. That, it I was a It was. So, my. That. He uh, didn't even say it. He no, my it. understanding, I've digged into this as much as possible, was my belief is, and I'm, I can't say this by 100%, but it does make sense, is that they had assessed whether the banks could cope That's with correct. a 35% yeah. fall in house yeah. prices. And the good news was they could. Yeah, that was definitely so, my understanding. It was part of their no-deal test if everything went 
really, really bad. Mr yeah. Carney was asked to go along to that particular yeah. cabinet meeting at Chequers with three scenarios if there Correct. was a no-deal Brexit. Yeah. Mm. And one of the possible scenarios was a 35% reduction in house prices, which, by the way, this country has never seen. No. We no, didn't see I that in 2008. Say, yeah. We didn't see it in 1991. Well, we didn't see it in the 1930s. It ain't ever, ever going to happen. And what I don't understand is why would that happen now? When we've introduced all of these rules and regulations to make sure that it doesn't happen again? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> or, and, and, and arguably, or not at the extent no, that it exactly. did. So, and arguably, you know, if, if the media are right, and I think this is largely fueled by the media rather than the industry, consumer sentiment yeah, it uh, was, and so on, it's, it's a media thing. Um, if it was going to happen, it would have happened in the aftermath of the Brexit vote, as actually George Osborne said it would. would. So pre-Brexit uh, vote in June 2016, he said house prices, if you vote to leave, will drop by 18%. Maybe actually, that's what this is. Actually, house prices are now about... Five percent higher than they were, so he was wrong by oh only twenty three percent. He's on the Evening Standard now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he put this story out to prove him he was right just a few years later. <laughs> well, like a broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> One day That's house it. prices will drop by eighteen percent. Actually, I don't even think they will. See, I Never think we've happen. uncovered something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And uh, so, what 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 does the market look like from your perspective then? Then Russell, in, t- in terms of that, that sort of nationally and how it, because I, I had an agent the other day say he thinks that actually the um, uh, London is at the bottom. This is it. He's called the bottom and the only way is up. Yeah, so there is evidence. So we, we do a thing called hotspots, which actually doesn't look at prices. It looks at the supply demand ratio in all the postcodes of the UK. Yeah. So we look at, let's say, the ratio on right moving Zoopla of 100 properties, how many are actually under offer, how many are not. So we track that yep. quarter by quarter. What we think we can then predict, and so far we've been right, just on a it's just schoolboy, schoolgirl economics, is that if demand starts to increase quarter on quarter, six months later prices go up. Yep. What we're now seeing in prime central London, where it started to tip down in 2012, 2013, is that demand is starting to increase. So the woes of stamp duty, and obviously look, the, the problems of prime central London are much more about stamp stamp duty penalties than they are about Brexit, Um, political uncertainty to a degree. So we're starting to see a a, a slight return to activity in terms of prime central London. So that that is going to come out the other side over the next six to 12 months, we think, in uh, a more normalising of the London market. Um, But when it comes to the national picture, I think Kate and I completely agree, it is preposterous now to have a a Halifax nationwide right move ONS index that says house prices are up 2%, house prices are up 3%. I mean, so generically, yes, they are. Mm. But that doesn't take account of, A, regional variations, which are huge. So if you look at London now, is down. It's the only place yeah, in the that's UK right. that's actually yeah. dropping in value. But you've got places like Scotland, up 4%. Places like Wales, up 6%. Whereas the southeast, for instance, up one point six percent, the average is about three percent. Mm. So the average doesn't really appear anywhere on the map here because mm. everywhere's above and below that. So it, it doesn't really tell the story. The other thing that house price indexes don't account for is transactional volume. So we're actually seeing, believe it or not, August we saw more transactions this August than we saw a lot this time last year. So it is not true to say, as we speak, that the market's on its knees and we are seeing a, a devastation of uh, of demand and you know mm. transactions are dropping. Uh, having said that, you've got to kind of look at you've got to do the work insofar as well you know where is healthy and where is not and of course you know to a great extent that accords with house prices generally where there's more activity there's obviously going to be in contrast you know um, rises in prices but but the the indexes now are almost pointless because they're just way 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 too generic i thought they were were going to bring out one complete index the index to end all indices well so the uk hbi is is which is the government uh, 
land registry one. It's it is that the land registry. Yeah, the land registry probably the most but, accurate, isn't it? Yes, but the, yeah. it joined up with Scotland, Northern Ireland, yeah. so you can compare countries now, which we couldn't do before, and you can compare data. So we have that now. But the problem with the land registry, the, the land registry is great because it's happened, and that's what it, it says what it is. Yeah. But the problem with it is, is it's six months, mm. three to six months out of yeah, date, that's right. and the market can turn from a hot market to yeah, a cold market quickly. in three months. So yeah. um, it's good for investors. It's good to find out what has happened. It's good for localized analysis. But if you want to know what's happening now, mm. it's not so helpful. And that's why you need an agent at the end of the day. And one thing we we saw in the in the last letter of a uh, lot of um, UK finance stats was a return of um, first-time buyers to the market. 11-year high. Yeah, 11-year year high. Mm. Um, That's not a big surprise, though, is it? Really? No. Is, it, is that a lot to do with it? With the government stance no, on buy-to-let? I, I don't think it is. Well, buy-to-let's really... down, first-time buyers up. Maybe they've kind yeah. of sort of replaced each other to, a, to an extent. Which was the point is, of all the government legislation. Well, it kind of was, but let's be realistic here. Ten years ago, 50% of them left the market. 2013, they started coming back. So we had a rush on first-time buyers, and they started coming back in 2016. Mm. Uh, and that was very much down in the, down in the area of the south. Um, and what you've got now is because you're looking at proportions, well, if you take away buy-to-let physical numbers, <laughs> well, of course, the proportion of first-time buyers is going to go up, isn't it? Well, yeah, but transactions have stayed the same. So first-time buyers have technically, statistically, replaced buy-to-let because transactions overall have But have they gone down. replaced them? That's my question because, yeah, because, I, because I, that's I, my question. But for first-time buyers, first-time <laughs> buyers are in a better position now because, of course, look, one, well, the one decent thing insofar as the property market the government have done over the last uh, year or two is to relinquish stamp duty for first-time buyers yeah, up to three hundred between mm. three and five. So you know, it, it's a slightly easier ride now, particularly for a first-time buyer in the southeast where the average price is two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand pounds, and therefore stamp duty is really applicable. Yeah. So yeah, look, I, I, look, I, I think it's a good thing. We just need to be very, very careful. The same as when we talk about foreign buyers and. Kind of taxing them out of existence. Yeah. If we end up with a really weak market and we've got no buy-to-let buyers and no foreign buyers, house prices will then drop and all of us then have an issue because none of us want to see our £300,000 house no, worth £250,000. Again, it's a reality of the market that part of the reason I think first-time buyers are coming back in is because, and, and they're going up, is because it's only over the last few years that the Midlands upwards have started to recover. So... We, we you do have to look at the kind of longer term mm. and not just assume that because there's less buy to let coming in that that's fueling more first time buyers i don't necessarily think it is i do think the stamp duty's made a difference but we have to be very very careful because at the end of the day for every buy to let investor that doesn't purchase or doesn't offer a property that means there's one or sells that's one less for a tenant mm. there's also and a wage. the reality has is we need more properties in home ownership to rent and what we're desperately in need of is social homes. And what the government's doing currently is going purely down the home ownership route. And now there's all lots of complaints from the tenant groups. Oh, they go, oh, it's terrible. All the evictions are going up. Uh, You just, yeah, they're, they're selling landlords. They are selling. They're not selling at the off the falling and, and, over the cliff level. And so are housing associations. Housing associations yeah. are now selling uh, mm. social housing, which is uh, that's a real slippery slope. But there's it also is. wage growth. Don't forget. So wage growth for years and years and years, particularly in the public sector, has been very static. You know, austerity and so on. We are now, as of six months ago, starting to see real term, real time wage growth. So that for first time buyers is probably another indicator in terms of affordability and sentiment that maybe makes you as a first time buyer put best foot forward, perhaps. Yeah. And uh, the government lifted the cap on um, local councils for how much they can borrow to invest in mm. in local housing. Yep. Do you think that that's actually it, it that's should, one of the 
Big yeah, we've been moves, we've been calling it? for this. I did a report on this some years ago um, under the Housing Commission, and we've been asking for this for ten years. It's crazy. They're sitting on quite councils sit on quite a lot of money. Some of them, yeah, and um, they can't get the returns. For example, on the pensions that they need to be delivering on. Yeah. So, why would you not invest money in housing that you know is going to ultimately save everybody money? And the problem you've got is you've got a lot of people can't access home ownership for lots of different reasons. It's not just affordability. Um, but what you've now got is that there is a problem accessing the private rented sector because benefits have been squeezed so much. Um, and social rents are typically about half. So why wouldn't you invest, create jobs, boost the local economy, build homes that are going to be there for the next hundred years mm. for vulnerable people. Not necessarily needed so much Midlands and above, but very much needed in the southeast. London's going to grind to a halt until we are paying people, either through benefits or through uh, companies paying them money or the government. Um, it's going to grind to a halt because people physically won't be able to afford to live here and do the commute into work. Unfortunately, I mean, although it's, it's a good thing, so 60 council leaders last week wrote an open letter to say, we are now going to borrow more and to build more council houses. Now, that's great. And, we, you know, maybe we will return to the days where 40% of all homes that were built as were in the 50s and 60s, council houses. Yeah. Now, I think that's a very, very positive thing indeed. Uh, let's see if it actually happens. Unfortunately, and here's the political cynic in me, because I was an elected member of Brentwood Borough Council as a Conservative for eight <laughs> years, uh, then fell out with them spectacularly, but anyway, that's another thing. Um, however, um, let, let me mark a card on this. Conservative councils don't like council housing. Why don't they like council housing? Because people in council houses, big inverted commas, this yeah. is not me saying this, yeah. don't vote Conservative. Yeah. My absolute experience of being a senior member of Brentwood Borough Council when I was chairman of planning, chairman of the asset committee, mm. behind closed doors, conservative councillors, the older ones particularly, would say, we're not going to build any council housing. They're never going to vote for us. Why would we bother? So politically, because, there is a real yeah, problem. Really and the real answer to that is a reason, one of the main reasons why the Conservatives lost uh, against the last one was because homelessness had gone up so much and it's so visible. Mm. And the evictions are going up now and homelessness will continue to rise because somebody forgot when they came up with the brilliant idea of getting rid of, of reducing the private rented sector um, and getting landlords to sell. That means there's nowhere for those tenants who leave to yeah. go. Mm. And this is being the rise in evictions are quite confident it's caused by government yeah. policy, which is then going to come back to bite them. It's going to yeah. take another yeah. year to realise but it's already happening. Yeah. And there's a really easy way, though, for a council to make it look as though they haven't got a housing problem in terms of the tenants' waiting list. Do you know what Brentwood Council did? They oh, they halved it. They yeah. chucked half yeah. of the people they off the list. They changed the rules. Arbitrarily, they just took them off. And in a blaze of glory, it was, well, we've halved our waiting list. So no, you have you just yeah. got a red pen. <laughs> you just struck half the people off. Absolutely outrageous. Still, still over a million on them, yeah. though. Absolutely right? outrageous. But the, the government's idea for homelessness is to tax the uh, foreign buyers an additional yeah, percentage. I don't, I don't have an issue with that. Where's the connection, though, with... That doesn't matter, does it? But if, if people, if we haven't got enough homes for everybody here and if people are coming in abroad and they're buying and mm. we can raise extra taxes that solves a social problem of people being on the streets, which is an awful place for anyone to be, mm. and people aren't, you know, the, the, we're talking sort of professional professional people on the streets and, of yeah. course, you've got the mental health side, yeah. which, we, which we're not really tackling properly. Um, but that, I have no problem, and I have no problem, for example, everybody 
keeps banging on about the 3% stamp duty and additional. And I have no problem with that. I don't have I have a, problem a with massive that problem with the mortgage right. interest relief because yes. I think that's a daft I idea. I agree. But mm. actually, if you can, I think people like the idea of people buy and they buy abroad from abroad or people invest in property and buy second homes, etc. albeit the rules on stamp duty are so stupidly complicated um, that has to be sorted. But if if you can say, well, they pay more tax and that's going to solve our homelessness problem, I like that idea. Well, if it does, it's all very well saying we're going to tax Chinese and Russian buyers at between 1% and 3% and we're going to put it into a pot. Well, let, if they do, that's fine. But uh, we, we need to ensure that they actually spend the money from that pot yeah, on the homeless. But, but what does that mean? I mean, are they going to build people houses? Are they going to build more shelters? I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to increase people's benefits if they're on the streets mm. so that they can afford a social home that actually doesn't exist? I think that's building a, enough? Yeah. I think I mean, that's the problem with it. But look, I, I hate to, but again, I'll be political cynic 2.0, is that this announcement from Theresa May at Conservative Party conference came actually a week after very similar announcements from the Labour Party. Mm. So it's, it's Well, the Labour Party, the Labour Party poll higher on housing than the Conservatives. Absolutely. That's why they're frightened. Which so, is no so they can push Which is through no a lot of a lot of policies. The problem yeah. any government has got is that actually they've got a chance now to get the housing market right if they approach each sector and have a strategy for each of them. The danger is that at this moment in time that they haven't got a property stra- proper strategy, for example, on the private rented side. Mm. And if that fails, that's lots of homelessness. And yeah. neither neither the Labour nor the Conservatives have understood mm. that yet. And lastly, you talked you talked about um, everyone in our industry coming together and, and working together to, yeah. to to improve things. Surely, housing has got to be a cross party, long term plan. Which where actually, you've got mm. you've got someone in charge of it who's in the post more than five minutes. And, uh, well, yeah, and eight, actually, you've got a you've got a long decade long eight, eight well, housing ministers in eight years. Um, it's completely political. The housing minister himself doesn't even sit in cabinet, so we we have a minister no, of housing. Which is crazy. It's absolutely bonkers. Um, and, and look, it needs to be taken seriously. Um, I, I, I'm I'm actually. I don't know whether successive governments either don't want to do anything about housing for whatever reason. And and again, you could speculate that certain governments, it's good for them to see house prices go up and up and up because perhaps that's their voters and and so on. Um, Or I I think the latter, which is that they genuinely don't know what to do. And it's very easy to make lots of uh, announcements about garden villages and Mm. garden towns and 10 billion on social housing, this and the other. If you actually go back two, three, four years, which I do every now and again, and look at all the previous announcements from this government and the last one, and look to see if any of them were executed upon and actually came to fruition, none of them have. The announcements are empty vessels. They simply are not executed upon. Yeah, I think, to be fair, they're doing a lot on changing the way we buy and sell and trying to improve quality, for example, in the private rented sector. But what they're not going to solve at this moment in time is the stock problem. Because yeah. actually they are, what we need to solve the stock problem is, and they're starting to do this in places like Manchester, so where the mayors are, for example, is we are still not properly identifying what the need is. And one of the problems that we're not looking at is we talk about housing crisis, but as Russell mentioned earlier, actually the housing crisis is being fueled by a massive wage and benefit crisis and the government com- and companies and have got to accept that you cannot continue to pay people at less than not just less than inflation 
but you can't continue to pay people at less than their housing costs yeah. over 10, 20 mm. years well, and, 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 and then, then expect them to work for you. And then invent it's just something, not going to work. And then invent something called help to buy, which actually all, all it does is that to, goes on to, my next to fuel question, house yeah. prices yeah. even further. So I help to buy. I think it has. So, it has. so, so what, all, what no, do we think? Developer profits. Honestly, I've done an analysis on this. The developer profits that have increased since help to buy, it is absolutely obscene. But developer what are you profits, comparing that to? No, no, are you so, comparing so, that to 2005 no, 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 when so, they did the city centre flat? So, so are you comparing it so to 2009 when, they're about, when they profits, crashed and burned? Developer profits before help to buy and in the years since, profits are up 330%. Why are you worrying about that? No, no, I, I'm worrying because... The it's got nothing. Help, no, help, help to buy. Help to buy is fueling tiny. demand that is pushing up prices at the it taxpayer's expense. It's obscene. No. You've got the taxpayer's no, paying for it. There is no basically persimmon. The guy that stands up for persimmon that's just earned seventy-five that million is quid. That different. is taxpayer money. That was the persimmon guy. Whoever. Let's. We've all done sales, yeah. Mm-hmm. You've all set sales targets. Yeah. What numpty set that one? Well, exactly. Because that what I'm was, saying is it's fueled by the taxpayer because not. the taxpayer's money has gone into help to right. buy. What we need help is help to, to build, not help, help to buy. To, we need help yes, to build. And it has helped to build 170,000 homes and they're not how getting anything. How has, it, how has it helped to build the homes? It's helped to fuel well, demand for be, those homes, yeah, not, be, not the homes themselves. To be fair, uh, uh, developers and builders will say that's given us the confidence to build because and now they did. now they, they know just added that it to their got... profits. No. Of course they have. Yes, you know, a help to buy property is we more expensive than a non-help to buy this property. This is another classic case where it's okay. And so you have a choice as a government. You either build houses yourself, yeah, or you pay the private sector to build mm. them, and you find the incentives to do so. Or both. Well, you can do both. That's fine. But this government's gone decide, gone down that scheme. Now, in 2013, when helped to buy, there's three things everybody's forgetting. Firstly, the market, apart from London, was pretty much still on its knees. Nobody was shopping for property. Help to buy was announced in March. And I know because we were doing a ton of work in uh, April on research. Help to buy whether you were 75 and not likely to enter into the help to buy market mm-hmm. or whether you're in your 20s. It got everybody out. So it turned the market in 2013. The market was already that, turning. No, it was not. It was. It might have it been was. where you live, Russell. No, no, because <laughs> I'm a national agent, I can tell you. The market was already it turning. It was not Help already to turning. buy has simply fueled it at the no, taxpayers. No, it hasn't. Expense. You've got no... There is not the evidence. You cannot... Yeah, is, I've got the evidence. No, I'll show you. You haven't I'll got the you. evidence. <laughs> I have. But I the have, second thing that it did was it made... It has really helped change the culture of buyers... And they really now appreciate and understand, and I know some new builds are badly built, but a lot of them are built to a much better standard than they were before. So it's completely changed people's mm. cult- people culture. And it's meant that we have properties that are now built for the next five, ten generations. Yeah, but hang on, where, where there's a delta, Kate? But and there's, by but there's the no way, more new it's builds a loan. No, but there's it no more... is a loan that is paid back. Yeah, with, with interest so, that people are already bailing out of because they can't afford it now they've got to the end of their five years. That's oh, already happening. where's the evidence but, for that then? Again, no, I can find not. it here. Fun if I don't have it in my yeah, pocket right now. Dig very I, deep, no, though. no, it was in the media not two oh, weeks ago. Not two Russell, weeks ago. What have you just said? <laughs> well, it depends on what, what paper. It depends on what paper you're said. reading. It was in the media. It was in the, but, but Kate, where, but, well, Kate where your argument falls okay. down is if the amount of new bills that have been built since Help to Buy had increased by 30 or 40%, then you're right, it's helped. But the amount of properties being built now is exactly the same as three, four, five years ago. So all we've done is take the same number of houses, given to first time buyers at taxpayer expense and fuel prices higher. But Bonkers. what's the taxpayer paying for? 
they're, they're, it's a loan. Yeah, so, it's a loan. So that they pay back. Yes, if they pay it back. A bit they like, will a bit pay like it student back. loan, uh, student tuition fees. Plus, well, the, if they uh, pay plus it the expertise. Is that a slight better deal than the mm. idiotic giveaway of right to buy, which nobody so, seems to so, be upset about? Hold on, hold on. I know this can go on for ages. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't stepping down. No, it's good. I, I enjoyed that. That's why I get people like you guys on because because <laughs> you have opinions, which is great. But but what happens when they take it away? Is is a market? Ready for that? To builders just but why is it would something? You, why would is you it want something to take now? it away when we haven't got uh, enough stock and when we need yeah, people that to that understand that they can get on the ladder? But that's the that's problem. the point. So that's the problem is that we haven't got enough stock. There's not enough houses being built. So why fuel demand even more than you really need to? When all you've done it, is it, price it, it people out of the house that they would have bought for less money no, if haven't. the taxpayer wasn't subsidising it. It's, it's, no, I, I mean, it, the, it just the argument will be solved when they do remove it, and they have said that they'll extend it, but eventually it will be removed, and then we'll see who was right. I guess because you know if the wheels fall off the market, well then you know we'll 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 be able to agree to disagree, won't we? But if not, we'll see that it wasn't necessary at all. I, I don't agree. Well, we, we I, only we didn't have just, it in 1990 just, just or 1995 or 2000. So <laughs> we've only had help to buy for five years. And you've all both been going on going. Oh, isn't it great? We've got more first-time buyers than we've ever had before. Yes. Yeah. One of the reasons well, is great. thanks to help. No, that's to buy. a statistic. I'm not that's saying that's good. great. They're on the ladder now. They can be stepping up but to another decades, ladder. So you get extra business for decades. Yeah, but I've got more of a social conscience than that, you see. It's not all about me. It's yeah, not all about yeah. me. Enough. <laughs> I'm stepping in. I'm stepping in. With a hand. Like, literally if with a hand. Home, yeah, if you can't see this, I've got a hand now. <laughs> if I had a stick, I'd have a stick. Um, so, how do you see the market then, first Kate, then Russell, just closing statements? How do you see the market going if I'm... If I'm thinking about either buying or selling or is it do i wait for brexit or is actually brexit potentially a good opportunity um both of those really so i think most people will wait i think most people are batting down the hatches when it comes to either putting their property up for sale or buying having said that anyway we're coming up to christmas and i always say the best time to buy is november because everybody who hasn't sold by this, that time this year will have wanted to exchange by Christmas. And so I do all my deals <laughs> in November. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've always right. done very well out of that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, However, what I would say to people is, if you are a first-time buyer and you've found the property that you like, go for it. As long as you're financially secure, just insure yourself and talk to your broker in particular how to insure yourself if things do go belly up over yeah. the next year or two. So yeah. look at the length of time, I guess, is the kind nice of thing you'd say. Fix. That's Thank you. I can't mm. say that. Glad you did. <laughs> um, so that's the kind of thing you should do. Also, if you've got your forever home and it's available, well, that's fantastic. Go for it. Because if you've made some equity in the market and you're going to be there for the next 10 or 15 mm. years, it's so, for your, for your mental health and for your family, it's so much more important to put a decent roof over your head. Because don't forget, if you don't buy that property now, there's still a cost to putting a roof over your yeah, head. Correct. And we don't focus yeah. enough on that. So that's what you should really worry about. And remember, for all those people that bought, um, at, you know, before 2007 and at the height of the market, there were double the number of properties available for sale. Yeah. So massive loads, lots of extra choice. And the sorts of things, you know, there's advantages now. In a year's time, if things do go belly up, you could be, you could be going back to 6 7% interest rates. Mm. So it's more about you and your personal requirements and ensuring against self against what might happen. Sage advice. Russell? Mm. So should you wait? Should you wait till after Brexit? Well, look, if you had waited in June 2016... 
uh, to now, let's say, you would be about 5% worse off, yeah. terms, depending on the regional variations that we talked to uh, yeah. talked about earlier on. So look, generally waiting uh, is a very bad idea, I think. I don't think that Brexit, even if we end up with a no-deal Brexit, is going to see the wheels come off the UK property market in terms of drops in value. I just yeah. don't think those two things are going to get mm-hmm. together. I think the market is is much more robust than that for all sorts of reasons. Wage growth, unemployment being very, very low, interest rates still being very, very low, notwithstanding they might go up, who knows, speculation. Um, and the fact, I guess, that if you're uh, if you're a first-time buyer, a wannabe first-time buyer, and a couple in rented, in many circumstances, you will be paying a lot more to rent that home than you will be if you were to buy something, notwithstanding deposits and so on. So, so of course, that has to be taken into account. So should you wait and see if there's some catastrophic, world-ending financial <laughs> event uh, in June 2019? No, you shouldn't. You'd be really <laughs> stupid to do that. And, and that's, that, that, that is true, because actually, for... Everybody, I'm putting online, people say, oh, it'd be great if prices dropped. And I went, don't forget the last time prices dropped, the number of first-time buyers dropped by 50% because you couldn't get the finance. And we ended up in a recession. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Which is a plague in all our houses. And and we looked at people, well, if you bought at the height of the market now, um, what would have happened to you since? And actually, for most people, they... You know, they might have got locked into six or seven percent interest rates for a little while. Whereas actually now, when you kind of look back, it was it was a no brainer of a decision for them. Okay, thank you. I'm going to cut it there. Um, I've really enjoyed that. Good. Been a pleasure. I now, in my head, (laughs) I now have a plan for a televised one (laughs) with you two plus Ed Mead and Henry Pryor because I think that would that would be a cocktail and a half. That would be a cocktail. That would just be. I mean, that that's almost like bring my dog. If that's almost like I'm going to bring mine. So I have one friend. That's a pay per view (laughs) event. That is. Um, So, um, Kate, thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having Uh, me. Where can people reach you Uh, via propertychecklist.co.uk? And Russell, a pleasure. Where can where can people get in touch with you? Uh, at Twitter, Emove CEO. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I've been Monty. You can get me on Twitter at Monty's blog or at Corico. Uh, until next time, this is a property show, and I'm exhausted. Thank you very much. Bye bye.